Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. How many times this team rips my heart out? I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. What is up, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we are back in studio. This is our new Dodgers Nation studio. You got some of the familiar bobbleheads in the back. But you got those really cool lights. But we are here. This feels like April 10th, 1958, when the Dodgers moved into Dodgers Stadium. But we're not going to lose like the Dodgers did to the Reds that day. Of course, Wally Post hit that home run. We're not going to talk about that. Johnny Padres got the start. But we are back in the mix. And so excited to be back. We got producer Jordan over there looking for all of your best takes. And we got a jam-packed show for you. Teoscar Hernandez, he had his introductory press conference with the media yesterday. We've got some nuggets for that. And we now know the role he's going to have for this team. And I'm going to tell you why Teoscar Hernandez could, one, make the All-Star team, and two, be as good of a hitter as anyone on the Dodgers next season, not named Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman, or Mookie Betts. We're going to talk about this outfield picture what is it going to look like in left, in center, and in right field? Are the Dodgers done this offseason? Will they continue to go out there, make more trades, make more moves? And then Ross Stripling yesterday on foul territory, he said that the Dodgers have gone into full villain mode. I've got some thoughts on that, and I'll tell you why. The Dodgers, they are not the villain. They are the hero for Major League Baseball, because thoughts on FanFest. But a jam-packed show, happy to be back in the studio. We got David, who says DMAC upgraded his tech. Yeah, shout-out to Mr. Gary Lee and Jordan putting the studio together. The lighting's really cool. You got the cool blue lights. It's looking fantastic. DMAC looks extra HD. What up, Cody, over on YouTube? Hi, DMAC and Rocks over there. Cody, Cemental, all these Super Chats helped out. Yeah, we definitely spent all that Super Chat money on the Otani contract. We used it on this studio. And we also have the Dodgers Nation poll question of the day. Will Teoscar Hernandez, his season with the Dodgers, will it be a bad season an average season, a good season, or an elite season? Let me know down below in the comment section, and we will monitor that poll throughout the show. We got Freddie Spaghetti. Hi, DMAC over on YouTube. We got Mario, left field, Teoscar Hernandez, center field, Outman, right field, Hayward, and Margot. I think that that's definitely a fair assessment there. I think you could also see Margot spell Outman in center field, especially when you've got a left-handed pitcher on the mound. Margot is someone that... He can be an above-average hitter against lefties, and I like him there. We got Elite. We got Diane Schroeder, the fairy godmother of the Dodgers Nation stream, saying studio looks great. Hey, Diane Schroeder, she did her part in this, Jordan. She was always out there helping us get likes, helping us get super chat. So we thank you. We should get a Diane Schroeder bobblehead for behind us. I kind of like that idea. We got Elite. He's playing for a Dodgers extension. David, that's a fantastic point right there, is you're not just getting a Teoscar Hernandez that is on a multi-year deal. I projected, I predicted he would sign for a 
three-year, $45 million deal. You had other projections that had him taking home an $80 million contract. There's a report out there that he was going to sign with the Boston Red Sox for two years and $28 million. But no, that's a fantastic point you bring up, and that is that you are getting him on a one-year contract where he's trying to rake. He's trying to have an all-star season. He's trying to win a World Series championship, but he's also trying to earn himself a big payday. And when you look at the market that he is uh, looking at potentially this offseason, it made a lot of sense for him to do just that. We got DMAC the GOAT. What up, Mitchell Hopkins? you the GOAT right back. Could the Dodgers trade for Luzardo and Arias? We talked about the idea of trading for Jesus Luzardo. I'll give you some thoughts on that in a little bit. What's up with the backup catcher, Austin Barnes, keeper or seller? That's from Frank Urias. Look, I mean, with Austin Barnes, he's someone that he has intangibles, right? He brings something, an element to this team that goes beyond just what he does at the plate with the stick offensively. He's someone that is a catcher that helps develop young pitchers. He's seen as a locker room leader. Mookie Betts called him the captain a few years ago, and that definitely is something to feel good about. But also, he finished the season at a respectable level. I mean, he wasn't the best hitter in the world, but also he did improve from a very slow start. But... Let's, we got, who do you prefer as closer, DMAC, Alonzo R? Interesting. I mean, Josh Hader's still out there. Think about Josh Hader. If you go and sign him at the price you're looking for, and where I stand on Hader is if you can get him at your price on a favorable contract where you're not going north of $100 million, and maybe he, like Teoscar Hernandez, doesn't see the robust market out there for himself, and he wants to sign a shorter-term deal on a higher AAV, something along those lines, maybe you do it. I will say you had to give those draft picks, though, right? And you had to give draft picks for Shohei Otani. Now, you did replenish the farm system to a degree with the Michael Bush trade and bringing in Jackson Ferris and bringing in Zaire Hope. And maybe you could see that as a little bit of, okay, they're not draft picks per se, but you are able to acquire young talent that you can develop that you don't have to keep on that 40-man roster. But keep coming with those questions, and we are going to... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. To break this down, because it Teoscar had a lot of interesting things to say. And just to rewind a little bit, of course, Teoscar Hernandez did sign a one-year, $23.5 million deal with $8.5 million of that being deferred money. Of course, deferred money and the Los Angeles Dodgers name a better duo, the Los Angeles deferrals, right? And you look at that deal, still $15, $16 million you're taking home, and you're playing with an elite franchise on an elite team with a lot of talent. And just look at that 2021 season that Teoscar Hernandez had. In 2021, 
he really had one of his best years, if not his best year. Of course, for a full regular season, it was his best year. He had a 142 weighted runs created plus in 2020. But in 2021, Teoscar Hernandez, he hit 296. He had a 132 weighted runs created plus, so he was 32% above league average. Also hit 32 home runs, had 116 RBI, and saw the walk rate wasn't great. Strikeout rate around 24.9%. That's my first goal I want to see for Teoscar Hernandez is bring that strikeout rate that was 31.1% last season down to that 24.9% level, and you're going to see more success for him at the plate. Now, why do you have so much success at the plate that season? Look at the lineup. You had Vladdy. You had Bichette. You had George Springer. When Teoscar Hernandez bats in a stacked lineup, he sees a lot of pitches, and he's able to produce. And you put him in an even better lineup that features two top five MVP finishers, two top three MVP finishers last season, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. And then you add the unicorn, the best player on the planet, and Shohei Otani. You combine that with a Max Muncie, a Will Smith, a James Altman, a Gavin Lux, a Chris Taylor. Teoscar Hernandez is going to see a lot of pitches, and I think that there's no doubt about it. He's going to have himself a really solid to good to great season with the Dodgers. But a couple of quotes from Teoscar Yesterday, he told the media, I want to go to a team that can compete and be in the playoffs and makes me a better player. That's the biggest reason why I signed with the Dodgers. So unpack that quote a little bit there saying, I want to go to a team that can compete. Check. Dodgers have made the postseason the last 11 consecutive seasons. Two, I want to go to a team that makes me better. Did the Dodgers make J.D. Martinez better last season when they helped him get back on track and revitalize his career? He hit over 30 home runs, had over 100 RBI, made the all-star team, set himself up for another nice payday to end his career. They did just that. The Dodgers, they get a lot of credit for getting Reclamation Project pitchers and putting them back on track, but they've also had success with hitters as well, and Teoscar Hernandez can be the next name that is able to achieve that success. And then Dodgers general manager Brandon Gomes, he confirmed that Teoscar Hernandez is going to be an everyday player. He's going to get full-time at-bats, and he will play both corner outfield positions. So he's not just going to play in left field, but he is going to get everyday playing time. And I think the majority of his playing time is going to come in left field, and you are going to see him at times in right field. And depending on the pitcher, if there's a lefty, if there's a righty, and if he's going to get less defensive opportunities, that's kind of where it's going to depend on where you put him defensively. But I think Teoscar Hernandez, when you consider the fact that it's a symmetrical ballpark in Dodger Stadium, right? It's symmetrical. So I think it's going to do just fine transitioning to be playing more left than right. And he's going to have the entire season really to find his footing there and make that adjustment. And by the time the postseason rolls around, it's not going to be an issue at all whatsoever. But here, I have news for you. Even though his defense has improved and he has a really nice arm, you don't pay Teoscar Hernandez for his defense. You pay him for his bat. And that's what he does best. He goes out there and he rakes. And Dodgers GM said, we're planning on Teo being an everyday guy. We feel like his power and ability to really handle left-handed pitching as well as provide an exceptional fit all around the diamond, and that's how our lineup is constructed. So they checked off a big box when they signed him, 
in bringing a guy that not only rakes against lefties, but he can, like Gomes said, he can hold his own on both sides, right? He can hit righties, he can hit lefties, and like I said earlier, the big surprise is that he didn't sign a multi-year deal. You were able to sign him on a one-year contract because of the way the market was taking shape, because of the fact that there's some regional sports network issues with certain teams and it just was a quiet market, which is funny to say when your team, the lot, what up, Bob Nightingale? It's funny to say when your team, the Dodgers, has committed over a billion dollars this offseason, that it is a smaller and a more quiet market. But Teoscar said, I wanted to sign a multi-year deal like every free agent, but everyone knows how hard it's been this winter. It's not like I had a lot of choices. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, the Red Sox were rumored to have offered him a two-year pact for $28 million. He signed with the Dodgers instead, and he would say, I'd rather take one year with the Dodgers and go to a team that's going to make me better. And that's really what it comes down to. He wants to get better, wants to put up numbers, and he wants to win. And look, you're not going to see KK Hernandez back, right? And KK is not going to be back with his team, but I got news for you. He's a massive upgrade than anything that Kike could have provided. Now, Teo is going to be playing every day. He's going to be in left field. And I like what Gomes said about him as far as his assessment of him as a player. He said, I think what was very intriguing with Teo is that he crushes velocity. He crushes velocity up in the zone. He's not susceptible to any one pitch type. He can hit all pitch types. And when he's getting those pitches in the zone, he can do real damage. There's a real danger behind what he brings at the plate. I think when he can force pitchers into the zone a bit more, that's when he's really going to be at his best and able to really impact the baseball game. So, yeah, there's no doubt about it. The guy can rake. That's just the reality here. And like Hernandez said, this team is hungry for winning, and that's what he is. He's about winning. He's about performing. And for people out there that don't think that Teoscar Hernandez is going to have a big season with the Dodgers, here's some reasons why I think he will. If you look at the year he had last season, his home road splits in T-Mobile ballpark versus outside, they were staggering. They really were staggering. He had so much more success outside of... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Seattle, you saw what that stadium did to Adrian Beltre, and he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. And most importantly, the Dodgers, they need a lefty masher, and that's exactly what he is. He's a special, special hitter against South Pauls. The last three seasons versus lefties, he had an average slash line of 317, 349, 628, with 27 home runs, had a 164 weighted runs created plus. So that's 64% above league average. How good is that against lefties? That's good for fifth in all of Major League Baseball for any hitters with a minimum of 300 plate appearances. So the Dodgers needed someone who could rake against lefties, and they went out there and they got the guy who has been the fifth best against lefties in the last few seasons. You're talking about 
Mookie Betts is the guy that's right above him. And that's the kind of quality player he is. And let's not sugarcoat this. Let's not sugarcoat this. In left field last year, the Dodgers were below average. They were cheeks for a good stretch. Left, left fielders in 2023 combined to slash 250, 305, 417. That was 20th in all of Major League Baseball. They were 20th in home runs with 18. They had a 96 weighted runs created plus, which was 4% below league average. And they just did not get the job done. A 722 OPS combined with left field producers last season with David Peralta and Chris Taylor. So, yeah, I'm very, very excited about the raw power of Teoscar Hernandez. And even last season, in his quote-unquote down year, he had a 105 weighted runs created plus and hit 26 home runs in 678 plate appearances, which would have been better than anything that any outfielder did in left field for the Dodgers last season. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see his swing and miss go down. You're going to see his strikeout rate go down. And he's going to get back to being a 130 weighted runs created plus player, a guy who's going to hit 25 plus home runs, for $15 million a year. That is tremendous value. He hits the ball hard. I want to apologize in advance to those baseballs next season. Those baseballs have families, and Teoscar is going to absolutely kill them. Okay? Last season, at 49.4% hard hit percentage, that was good for 90th percentile in the sport. His defense has improved every year. With the Mariners, he played right. Every now and then, he was the DH. He had a one defensive run saved, a five used yard, 6.7 used yard, 150. And basically what you need to know is he was a top seven outfielder defensively at his position. And on top of that, he brings speed too, 82nd percentile in sprint speed. The big con is the swing and miss, the strikeout rate. I mean, he struck out 31.3% of the time. That's almost a third of his at-bats for his career. He's just under 30% as far as his strikeout rate. Doesn't draw a ton of walks. And there's a lot of guys in this, this lineup that have the potential to do just that. But still, I love me some Teoscar Hernandez because this is the guy you signed after you signed Shohei Otani, after you signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. The Dodgers have absolutely changed the standard of what it means to have a good season in the offseason. And what Andrew Friedman has done, it's been an absolute master class. The Dodgers, just they haven't been content. They're that billionaire that has a mansion in Bel Air. They have a Gulfstream 650 private jet. And then they're like, you know what? That's not enough. Get me a 500-foot super yacht. Oh, wait, that's not enough. I have to buy an island in the Maldives. Oh, wait, that's not enough. I have to buy a spaceship to take me to outer space. The Dodgers are that billionaire that is never satisfied. Okay, Otani is definitely the island in Maldives, though. I want to point that out, Jordan, for sure. Okay, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the super yacht, right? And look, the private jet, I think that's for sure going to be Mookie Betts. The mansion is Freddie Freeman, right, in Bel Air. And if you look at what Teoscar Hernandez is, he's another all-star, right? He's the Rolls-Royce. He's the phantom Rolls-Royce, right? And you got a lot of luxury items that most teams can't afford, that most teams wouldn't be able to acquire because at the root of all of this, at the root of the Teoscar Hernandez acquisition is the Dodgers being an elite franchise for a long period of time. And the sustained winning is how they were able to acquire him because Teoscar Hernandez, 
He views the Dodgers. He could sign with any team for that price, right? There's not a lot of teams that wouldn't take a flyer on Teoscar Hernandez at that price. But no, the Dodgers get him at a value rate because of their history of getting guys' careers back on track, the lineup that he's going to hit him in. And also, guys want to win too. Guys want to have that champagne stinging their eyes. They want to rush the mound and dogpile on the mound after World Series title. So that's just the reality with this team. And kudos to this organization for just continuing to keep their foot on the gas this offseason in what is going to go down potentially as the best offseason in the history of not just baseball, but professional sports. You signed the most coveted free agent in the history of sports. You signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the top free agent pitcher available you bring in an all-star silver slugger winner in Teoscar Hernandez you bring back a Joe Kelly you bring back a Jason Hayward and something tells me that this team isn't done yet even if you look at the Michael Bush move Yancy Almonte Michael Bush I told you on this show I saw people out there saying Yancy Almonte was a DFA candidate no he wasn't they were always going to trade him for something right he was just out of options right and then you look at a Michael Bush He's someone that just did not have a clear-cut role in this team, and you were able to trade those guys to get elite-level, high-upside prospects, a toolsy player in Zaire Hope, a Jackson Ferris, so I'm trying to get on this show, that could emerge as a top-pitching prospect down the line. So absolutely love what the Dodgers have done this offseason. Now, one thing I wanted to point out as far as the outfield picture, you look at this outfield, right? And yesterday, Brandon Gomes said it again. Mookie Betts is primarily going to be your everyday second sacker, your second baseman. I love calling second baseman a second sacker. I don't know why. It just It's fun. Fun to mix it up, right? And Mookie Betts is going to be your second baseman. And with that, you look at the outfield, you look at right field. I think one of the big questions about right field is, and it's something that's going to be difficult to answer. We can analyze the year he had last year until we're Dodger blue in the face. We can give you the numbers. We can give you his stats. But one of the big questions I have next season, as far as the outfield goes, is what is Jason Hayward going to look like after being back with the Dodgers on that contract, right? Nine and a half million. And can he get close to producing like he did last season. Because last season, he was an absolute revelation. Hit 269, had a 121 weighted runs created plus, hit 15 home runs. If you can get anything close to that next, this upcoming season, you're going to feel really good about that signing. And then you got Manuel Margot. That's who you're going to see as a platoon split. Outman probably won't play as much against lefties. You'll probably see Margot a good amount in center field. And then Hayward, you're going to see in right against righties. And then Teo in left and right. And they're going to mix things up depending on the pitching matchup. And I think that there's also a defensive element there, too. I think a lot of the defensive positioning for Teoscar Hernandez has more to do with what he can do at the plate. And I think it's more to do with what he can do at the corner outfield spot. So defensively. Now, who is this going to impact the most? And I don't see a lot of people talking about this, and I think it's definitely worth mentioning, is what does this mean for Chris Taylor? What does this mean for CT3's role this season? Now, for me, I think Chris Taylor is going to go back to 
playing the role that he's best suited for, right? Being the Chris Army knife, being someone that you can plug in when injuries inevitably occur. And last season, even though he's primarily, he was primarily playing in left field, he still was able to play so many different positions. Last year, he played five games in center field. He played three games at second base. He played 28 games at third base. And he played 31 games at shortstop. And sometimes that's just for a few innings here and there. But that is why he's a premium, right? That was why he is the modern-day Ben Zobris and he's the Chris Army Knife is because when you do have injuries, when you do want to spell guys, you have that versatility. And you lose his value by plugging him in to left field and expecting him to be just an everyday 2020 guy, right? 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, be around league average. And last season, he did have a quiet bounce-back season. He really did. He had a bounce-back about a quiet bounce back season in 2023. The batting average in 2021 was 221. That was up to 237. The on base went from 304 to 326. The slugging went from 373 to 420. The weighted runs created plus in 2022. That was at 93. So in 2022, he was 7% below league average. Last season, that number was up to 104. So he was just one behind where Teoscar Hernandez was. He also had 15 home runs, up from 10, 56 RBI, up from 43, stole more bases, had 16 stolen bases out of 19 attempts. And look, he's someone that the year he had at the beginning, he was around 200. He was hitting around 200 up until close to the All-Star break. And then, look, he is who he is. We have to accept Chris Taylor for who he is, right? He's more than just someone that looks like he is the doppelganger of Joe Flacco, right? He is a premium utility player that has versatility, he's a gamer, and he is someone that's streaky. He's streaky. You're going to have a couple weeks where he looks like an MVP candidate, and there'll be a couple weeks where it looks like he forgot how to play baseball completely. That is who Chris Taylor is. There's a lot of boom and bust in his swing, and when he retooled that swing, when he was traded from the Mariners to the Dodgers, and no one even knew who he was, right? He was an unknown for Virginia, right? Shout out to him. Virginia Cavaliers. That's where he reps. And that's what he did to evolve. And you'll see more boom and bust. But I think he's going to have a reduced role. I really do. But I think it's going to be better for the Dodgers because whenever they need him, he's going to be there. And you're going to see the positional versatility come into effect. So I feel really good about this lineup. I feel really good about this outfield. I think James Outman, can he repeat? One of the, the most difficult things to do in sports is to go out there and have a really solid rookie season and then follow that up in your sophomore season and avoid that sophomore slump. So that's something that I'm looking for for James. You can't get him out, man, right? Is you have to avoid that sophomore slump because he's someone that went from a seventh-round pick, someone who completely broke down his swing, who they said he swung like a caveman, and he turned himself into an everyday big league center fielder that graded out as an above average defender in center and an above average hitter. He finished third in the rookie of the year voting behind Carroll and Senga. And that's a big question. If we're asking what are the big outfield questions heading into the 2024 season, can James, can Jason Hayward have a similar year to the year he had last year when he was really the feel-good story of the season? Jay Hay, you guys told me he was hay-washed, and he turned himself into 
a player that had a role for a team with World Series aspirations once again. Now, same applies to James Outman. Outman last season, a 118 weighted runs created plus 18% above league average, and he hit 23 home runs. If he can do that again at the kind of money he's making, of course, all that team control, that's a lot of value to a team. Apparently, Siakam was traded to the Pacers. Interesting. Interesting. DFA Roberts from Cobra Commanders. But on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your confidence level in this Dodgers outfield? Let me know down below in the comments section. And for me, I would have to place that. Look, Mookie Betts is an elite right fielder, right? Let's not forget, though, that if it weren't for Dustin Pedroia, he would have still remained in the infield. And he moved to the outfield by necessity, and there's no reason why he can't go back into the infield on the dirt. He keeps him engaged. He likes it there. Takes a little less toll as far as running around. I mean, I think second base is a very difficult position, especially, you know, that keystone combination with an inexperienced shortstop in the second baseman that's still going back to being a full-timer at that position. It's a question. There's no doubt about it. And Mookie, say what you want. Yeah, I wish he was more Mr. October than Mr. August. But in the totality of the year he had, he still is an elite player in this game. So you lose that from right field, and you're really just banking on guys in the outfield to either return to form or replicate seasons that they had where it did look like they played above their expectation level in a James Outman, in a Jason Hayward, Manuel Margot, he dealt with a knee injury a few years ago that hurt him a little bit defensively. Can he get back to being someone who's respectable and close to league average? And Teoscar Hernandez is the wild card. I truly believe that Teoscar Hernandez is going to have a good to great season with the Dodgers. I predict right now that Teoscar Hernandez is going to make the all-star team. I'm confident in saying that. Teoscar Hernandez will be an all-star in 2024. He is going to hit close to 30 home runs. I'll put him at 28, but Teoscar can rake. This guy, I was talking to him on the D, uh, yesterday. is going to be on this show when he gets back from the DR. Hopefully, he'll be in studio. This guy is a professional, professional raker, a professional master of baseballs. Justin Lamas' tail will hit 31 home runs. Bruce Davis said he's not going to make the all-star team. Okay, well, let's have a little gentleman's bet for that one. I just love the protection he has in this lineup and all the talent that's surrounding him. I think he's going to be phenomenal. But let's go to that poll here and see what we got as far as uh, Teoscar Hernandez. One second here. But yeah, let me know down below. On a scale of 1 to 10, what kind of season will Teoscar Hernandez have for – I mean, uh, what's your confidence level in this Dodgers outfield? Let me know down below I'm trying to cook this poll up real quick but next talk bit I want to dive into and I got some thoughts on this one got some thoughts on this one and that is Ross Stripling Ross Stripling saying the Dodgers have gone into full villain mode here's what former Dodger Ross Chicken Strip here's what Ross the boss said on foul territory he said as far as what the Dodgers did the way I look at it they are just going full villain mode in a way. They've always had the payroll, but they've done is unbelievable. What they've done this offseason is unbelievable, and they've been drafting and developing talent. I think that World Series team had like 16 homegrown Dodgers in it. Now it's Freddie, it's Mookie, it's Shohei, it's Yamamoto, 
and they're coming for everybody. Now, are the Dodgers a villain? In my opinion, I think the answer is no. I think the Dodgers are a superhero. I think the Dodgers are out here to save baseball, to save television ratings. The last few seasons, baseball has fallen behind the NBA and the NFL. NFL is king. College football does really well, too. The NBA, especially to future generations for their demographic, they have a lot of success. But guess what? The eyeballs have not been tuning into the postseason. You're seeing record low ratings across the board. NLCS, the World Series, right? Not the sexiest matchups. Not the best matchup to have the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers in the Fall Classic. I've got news for you. I've got news for anyone out there that's saying the Dodgers are a villain. The Dodgers are here to save baseball. Because if you have the Rangers versus the Diamondbacks in the World Series again, 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 this sport will cease to exist, okay? This sport will be shown on tape delay, okay? This sport cannot survive and generate the kind of money it needs to generate with franchises like the Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers in the World Series. You need big markets you need the marquee franchises, and you need the biggest stars in your sport to compete on the big stage at the highest level. Look, imagine if Michael Jordan played his whole career on the Clippers, okay? That's what Shohei Otani was doing on the Angels. Not only did the Angels never make the postseason, they never finished with a winning record. So you literally had the best player on the planet quite possibly the best player in the history of this sport when you consider what he can do as a pitcher and a hitter, and you didn't get to see him in the postseason. And that's when you get the casual fan. And when you get the casual fan, that's when the ratings go up, the numbers go up. So to not have Shohei Otani, to not have him on that stage, it was awful. And the Dodgers have Otani, and they put him on a roster that has Mookie Betts that has Freddie Freeman, that has Will Smith, Teoscar Hernandez, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and more people are talking about baseball, right? It's If you have an opinion about the Dodgers, even if you want to say, oh, the, the Los Angeles tax Dodgers, oh, they're the Los Angeles deferrals. If you're talking bad about the Dodgers, saying that they've ruined the game, you're actually helping baseball because it means you're actually talking about baseball. It means you're actually letting it to be a water cooler conversation. That hasn't been like that in the past few years, right? Hasn't been as hot in the streets as it is this offseason, okay? Like I said, I was at, Jordan, I was at Chipotle literally two weeks ago, and I was in line, and the people in front of me were talking about Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Otani, and I interrupted them, and they're like, yo, d and watch the show. And we were talking about baseball, and I asked them, I was like, what's your favorite Dodger player and this and that? And they're like, we just got into baseball because of Otani. Like, that tells you everything you need to know, right? Is that it's brought in a whole new age group, a whole new demographic of fans that are more interested in baseball now than they were. By the way, Dodgers can afford all that guacamole. I mean, <laughs> that Chipotle guacamole is no joke. I mean, they always ask me too. I mean, when I ask for it on, they're like, oh, sir, it's going to be extra. Do I not look like a guy that can afford the guacamole Chipotle? That's kind of my question too. But I'll digress on that. So my point is, I don't think the Dodgers are a villain. I think what the Dodgers have done this offseason has helped baseball a lot more than it's hurt baseball, okay? The true villains in baseball are the owners that are crying poverty, right? 
It's like one of my favorite Chappelle show episodes when the lady's like, hide the money, y'all. The broke people are around, right? It's the broke people. It's the franchises that are crying poverty. The Dodgers, they are not the villains. They might look like the villains, right? They might appear like they're the villains because they're the big, bad Dodgers. And the Dodgers are out there spending all this money on this talent. It might feel that way. And I see people out there saying, oh, the Dodgers, they're the new evil empire, right? They're what the Yankees used to be. Actually, I was the one who said that. But you also say the Death Star. The Death Star is complete. Look, maybe the Dodgers are Darth Vader, right? Maybe they're an anti-hero. And I know what you're saying. Yeah, Darth Vader, he was a villain, right? The reality, though, Anakin Skywalker, he was meant to bring balance to the galaxy. And according to the prophecy, when Anakin turned to the dark side to become Darth Vader, all hope was lost, right? But what happened? You had the Emperor Palpatine. He had the Force Lightning on Luke, right? And Luke's like, Father, help! And all of a sudden, Darth goes over there. It looks like he's picking up a big TV and throwing it over a balcony. But no, he throws Palpatine down, and he actually saves Luke, right? And he ended up being someone that was the reason why the galaxy continued. Without him, look, the good guys would have lost, right? So... Anakin is uh, someone I think is an anti-hero. So if you want to view the Dodgers in that light, I'm fine with that. But they are not a villain. Like I said, they are doing more good for baseball than bad for baseball. And I understand what Ross Rippling is saying, but still, they're not a villain. Because Also, too, on top of that, let's look at the guys on this roster, right? Otani, who doesn't like Otani? I mean, Otani is as likable as you possibly could be. Out here posting Instagram stories of his dog breaking his toys. Mookie Betts. Who's more likable than Mookie Betts, right? Who's more likable than Freddie Freeman, America's first baseman, who's practically having a late-night talk show on first base every time an opposing hitter gets on board, right? Those guys are likable. Will Smith, Max Muncy, James Altman. Who doesn't like James Altman? It looks like Tarzan, right? Doesn't play like Jane, though. So I think the Dodgers are more than a likable team. I think they're a franchise that I get it. I get it. They hate us because they ain't us factor. But let's read those comments. What are your thoughts on that? I'm very interested to get everyone's take on that. And Ross Stripling saying the Dodgers are a villain. And it's not just Ross Stripling, too. It's other people out there. The Dodgers are being painted as the villain. But I'm telling you, they are saving baseball. They're the heroes of baseball. We got Daniel Cassiano over on YouTube. Mookie Betts has style. Yeah, he does, man. That GQ spread. He's got some nice fits. Well, that's Jordan if he likes his drip. I think he's got some nice fits, though. His hat game is on point. I definitely like Mookie. Have you seen any of Mookie's fits? Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. He doesn't, do the, he doesn't do the baggy, though. Yeah, baseball players aren't doing the baggy like the NBA players. Baseball players need to get into the baggy game lifestyle. Ross Stripling is a hater. That's from Jose Gonzalez. Chris says, even though I love to get Corbin Burns, we are forgetting that the Dodgers will do their normal spring training, non-roster invitees, and hope to see nobody making a name for themselves. Yeah, look, I mean, Corbin Burns makes sense because he's on a one-year of team control, right? I mean, he's someone that is going to test the free agency waters no matter what. You are not going to trade for Corbin Burns unless you're going to offer him an insane amount of money, which the Dodgers won't. You're not going to get a Tyler Glass now type extension with a Corbin Burns trade, right? This is someone who's going to go to free agency, went to Boris for a reason, and that's to get paid. And he would make sense because, yeah, on a one-year contract, right, one more year of team control, didn't have to go to arbitration this time around. 
And the following season, he will hit free agency. And by then, who knows? Could the Dodgers get Roki Sasaki? Otani will be back on the mound. You got Yamamoto. You got Glassdown. You have Bobby Miller. You got Emmett Sheehan. Still a lot of pitching talent in this organization. So you don't necessarily need that two-year guy versus a Corbin Burns. But uh, more down below, DMAC. Villains are great for entertainment. Embrace the villain role. Yeah, go full Hulk Hogan when he went to NWO, right? And it's not the New World Order with the Dodgers. It's the Blue World Order, right? And I agree with that. Embrace it. Fine. Look what the look what LeBron James and the Heatles did a few years ago when they went on that streak, and they were the best show in town. I agree with you. Villains are good in baseball, but I'm telling you, Dodgers, you can call them the anti-hero. I mean, look, what's the best Batman movie ever, right? What's the best superhero movie ever uh, is The Dark Knight, right? And it's the Joker, right? If they want to be that, they can be the Joker to everyone's Batman. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But uh, we got uh, all the East Coast media either hates or ignores the Dodgers anyway, so I'm happy with the evil empire. Yo, anger. Skywalker. Mr. Seabed, Dodgers need a Star Wars night. That would be magical. I'm pretty sure they already have, of course, a Star Wars night. We got uh, hopefully Otani, Betts, and Freeman don't pull a Machado and Tatis at FanFest and start bragging about how many World Series they will win. Yeah, that was a bad look out there at the Padres FanFest, Padres Con, Padres Cello, whatever you want to call it, when Fernando Tatis Jr. was like, who do you want us to play in the World Series? It doesn't even matter because we'll win anyway. I don't think that this Dodgers team is going to do that. Remember, Freddie and Mookie, they've reached the mountaintop. They have hoisted that piece of metal, that commissioner's trophy, and they know it's a long season, and you don't want to give teams out there bulletin board material. I do want to also ask you guys this question, too. What are your thoughts on FanFest? The Dodgers FanFest is now called Dodgers Fest. It's going to be on Saturday, February 3rd. We will be in the house asking players questions, asking fans questions. So be on the lookout for Dodgers Nation. We will be at FanFest on February 3rd. And we don't have to pay, but fans will. Tickets for Dodgers Fest are $10. Parking's going to be free as it's been every year since 2013. But $10 for FanFest. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, everything, I don't know if this is the Otani tax or, or whatever. I mean, look, $10 for FanFest. I'm not so sure. I'm loving that. And this year at Dodger Stadium, look, squirts of mustard, they're going to be $10. Squares of toilet paper, they're going to be $10. I think to breathe at Dodger Stadium, just every breath of oxygen is going to be $0.50. Cents. But, yeah, this is maybe the start of that. But still, it won't kill you. And also, too, it's just a great event, too. I mean, at the previous Fan Fest, you got those autograph sessions. I remember Yancy Almonte told me last year he signed a baby. So, I think Evan Phillips told me last year he signed someone's phone. So you can meet players. They're also going to have this Dodgers Fest yard sale that helps the L.A. Dodgers Foundation. You're going to have a lot of jerseys, T-shirts, bobbleheads, autographs. So, yeah, for me, like I said, I think it's uh, definitely going to be a fantastic event. But a couple more here, and then we are going to wrap this one up. Jam-packed show today. A couple more we got. They hate us because they ain't us. That's from Noah Gray. We the black hole of the baseball world. That's from Lemon818. Tarzan will have a big year. That's from Mark Allen. Stripling wishes he was a Dodger again. It's from Ronald Pasquale over on YouTube. We got uh, Dodgers equal Dodgers Baseball League. That's from Fraser. Daniel, do you think the Mets and Dodgers will sign Pete Alonzo and Will Smith to a contract extension before they go to free agency? I don't think that 
Will Smith is going to sign a, a contract extension. Got a lot of up-and-coming catchers in the pipeline. I think they absolutely should. I've made countless videos about extending Will Smith and why I think it's a good idea, but the reality is that's just not what this organization has done with their homegrown talent. See, for a couple examples, that's just kind of not the MO here. We got Joe Kelly should change his walkout song to Wild Thing. Absolutely think that's a fire take from Jorge Luis Gomez over there. Yeah, Joe Kelly come out of Wild Thing. He already went to 99. Go to the full-blown Ricky Vaughn. That place would absolutely blow up. His current walkout song is that Tiger song, the the Macarena. You know, it's like that remix to, to Macarena. It's, it's a banger, but you know, you're not feeling that song, Jordan? Hey, Macarena, my name, Macarena. I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty catchy, but I, Wild Thing would be a lot better. Val Reyes gives her confidence for the Dodgers outfield to a 10. What's our next hit move? That's from Lemon818. Like, at this point, the position player side is set, right? I mean, you're at 13. A lot of people are forgetting that Miguel Rojas is still in the fold as a depth piece for the infield, but it really just comes down to, do you add to the bullpen? Do you... Make a move for a closer. And it does feel like they have some interest in doing that. They were rumored to be possibly interested in Emmanuel Classe. The Shane Bieber dream seems to be coming to an end. John Heyman in the New York Post reported a couple days ago that the Guardians are probably going to keep him. I mean, the AL Central is a very winnable division. They've always been able to compete. But Josh Hader's the big one. Like I said, you would have to give up a couple draft picks, some compensation picks. Could you get him at the price that you want and get him for a high-value deal? Because Josh Hader's someone who, last couple of seasons, he's been incredibly lights out. He has transitioned to, be, to being one of these multi-inning weapons, to being more of a true traditional closer. And I think a lot of that has to do with saves and recording saves our money in the bank, right? Not only do they give you money as far as, okay, maybe I could be an Edwin Diaz and go to the market and sign a $100-plus plus million contract, but also when you compile saves, that's how you get into the Hall of Fame as a closer. And if he were to sign a shorter-term deal with the Dodgers, he probably would want to be a traditional closer, and then you could use Evan Phillips in the role he's best suited for as your high-leverage fireman where you can plug him into the seventh, eighth inning, top of the lineup, middle lineup, and just use him in situations where he's best. So I would be open to it. There's not too much smoke in the moment, but uh, yeah, he definitely would be someone that I would absolutely be all in on the Dodgers. And just at this point, just go, who cares? Like I said earlier, they're the billionaire that, has the yacht, the super yacht, the 500-foot yacht, the private jet, the island in the Maldives. James, Josh Hader could be their ticket to outer space, right? So I would absolutely be all for that. Now, a couple more here, and we got... Uh, it's funny how all these teams and fan bases, they hate us, just simply suck ass. Fire take and a finish him for that one, Cody. Yeah, like I said, the true villain is the poverty owners out there that aren't spending enough money in improving their rosters. Just look at the comments that we talked about from Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, you should have a more robust market for players at this level. Cody Bellinger hasn't signed. Matt Chapman hasn't signed. It's just been too quiet. I think some of it has to do with the regional sports networks and just the issues with that, and there's some financial issues with certain teams just unwilling to spend, but I do think that you're absolutely on the money with that. We got uh, Ross Stripling. He's a crybaby. Someone says, what camera are you using? Looks like you upgraded for sure. So YZ. This is a, uh, what camera is this? Sony? Sony what? 
Sony A7 III. So, Sony, send us a bunch of free stuff. Please. Yeah, we used all that Super Chat money on the new set and the new camera, guys. Uh, Carla, get no news about Dodge. Yeah, that's why. Oh, awesome. Get no news about Dodgers here on the East Coast. That's why I listen to DMAC. Look, Carla, it's the number one Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one show for a reason, and it's actually thanks to you guys. So if you haven't yet, just a reminder, haven't even plugged this yet on this episode, be sure to subscribe. We are closing in on 80,000 subscribers, and once we do that, we are giving away one authentic number 17 Shohei Otani jersey. We're going to do it live on this show all you have to do is comment done and make sure you are subscribed to the channel. We're going to be doing tons of giveaways. We're going to be giving away autographs. We're actually we'll have a whole episode on what you guys want to give us away, but autographs, we got baseballs, we got tickets, we got jerseys. So expect a ton of giveaways this season. But the Otani is the next big one. We got a $9.99 super chat from Lorenzo over on YouTube. First nerd, secondly, great Darth Vader analogy. Look, man, you know I love me some Star Wars, man. And the Dodgers have a lot of stars. And I do think that at the end of the day, that's how we're going to look at this one. Dodgers have done much more to help baseball than hurt baseball. They are a superhero, not a villain. We got Andrew Friedman, checkmate play still coming out from David E. How many checkmates? I mean, you got Bobby Fischer, <laughs> Andrew Friedman, right? I mean, what he's been able to do this offseason is just absolutely incredible. It's his Sistine Chapel. I mean, you can go to the Louvre, take down Mona Lisa, and put the Dodgers 26-man roster right there in its place because it's already been a master class. I think that another checkmate move for him, yeah, maybe you do add a closer. Maybe you do add a lefty in the bullpen or something to that degree, but I think you already have to give him A++. Maybe we'll just add more pluses with more moves, but hey, let's get greedy, right? Like Gordon Gecko said, greed is good. Okay, so I'm all for adding to this roster. Give me the biggest juggernaut we can make. Stri I like this from Ricky Vasquez over on YouTube. Stripling, FOMO mode, and gauge. I've been getting some FOMO vibes. By the way, Ross Stripling is fantastic. He's great. I loved his podcast when he was doing it. Smart guy, great baseball mind, but I definitely think that if he could be with any team, it'd be on the Dodgers for sure. Definitely some FOMO there. Although, we got... Uh, Daniel, like we just said, Dodgers are always good for baseball. DMAC, absolutely. Big markets, historic franchise, and now you paired the best player on the planet with a historic franchise. What more could you want? I guarantee you the networks don't think the Dodgers are villains, right? I guarantee you the networks were jumping for joy doing cartwheels down 1000 Vin Scully Avenue when they got the news that Shohei Otani was coming to the real L.A. baseball team. Frazier, they shouldn't have charged for Dodgers Fest. As, what do you think, Gary? Should they have charged for Dodgers Fest? Or what, do you, what do you think about the $10 charge right there? Uh, I think it's more That's a good point by Mr. Gary Lee. And he brings up that, yeah, when you actually have to pay for something, I don't care if it's $10, 10000 a penny, it definitely does increase the, the crowd control element to it. And I think the Dodgers probably said, man, with the buzz about Otani and Yamamoto, if it was free, that thing would be a blank show. Yeah, I mean, that thing would be pretty wild. It'd be like Dodgers Cella, right? This thing would be pretty crazy. But it's sold out. That's from Cody. It's already sold out, man. That thing's sold out. What fa what's sold out faster, that or Coachella? We got uh, the only thing missing is a championship, and haters know this is the end. Great point, Jose. You get that championship, and it's over, right? I mean, $10 is too much, LOL. Come on, man. No, Nate. Yeah, I mean, look, you can always Klarna it. You know what I mean? Maybe you can do $1.00 and then do $9 for deferred payments, right? I'll try to see. I'll talk to Andrew Friedman. Maybe we can work some out for Dodger Fest.
We got uh, Fraser, bruh, they took out the fan. <laughs> this is a pretty fire take. Frazier says, bro, they took out the fan out of the fan fest just to be able to charge. Hey, you know, you got to get them greenbacks, right? You got to pay. Otani ain't going to pay for himself. Uh, actually, he is. He's going to profit the Dodgers almost a billion dollars. So we got, uh, is Dodgers fest sold out? Hector S. Yeah, that was reported by a commenter earlier on the show. Apparently that has been Showtime fans. I can't blame Otani for leaving the Angels because they didn't do nothing for him. And they can't make the playoffs in all six years. Yeah, I mean, you said it best right there, Showtime fans. Like I said, by the way, I love your profile pic. You got Otani and Decoy right there. I actually did a Photoshop of that as my Christmas card where I'm by Otani. Maybe I'll, I think I posted on the show before. And uh, yeah, you said it best. I mean, they did not, they, not only did they not make the postseason, they didn't have a winning record, okay? He was the Bugatti at the trailer park meme, except you had two Bugattis in him and Mike Trout. Mr. Seabed, Dodgers Fest should be $50 and keep those loser Angel fans out. $50? I guess Mr. Seabed is Stan Kasten's burner for trying to get the Dodgers to, to, to make it $50. I don't know about that. I don't know if fans would love that, I'll tell you that much. But uh, tickets for Korea series will be hard to get. You need, to, you need a Korean cell phone and address. Easy to get around, but... Padres trying to stop us from buying tickets. Roy Estrada, I saw that this morning, and I'm going to dive into that topic a little later today. I just want to learn more about it. But So you point out, yeah, it does feel reminiscent to what we saw a few years ago when the Padres were trying to keep us out of Dodger Stadium South, our, south, our beach house down there in San Diego. But uh, I'll look into that. But it's going to be tough either way just because the first big league game in Korea. It's also going to be a regular season game, and you also have Shohei Otani and the Dodgers, and you have Hassan Kim, right? The biggest star in Korea. But uh, DMAC, will you be at Dodgers Fest? Jen, I will be at Dodgers Fest, so look for me. Last year when I came out, I came out to the front and uh, met a lot of you guys, and it was really, really cool. So hoping to meet more of you guys this season. We got uh, need to have a DMAC Fest at Dodgers Watering Holes for Mr. Seabed. 499 DMAC, will you be hosting any meetups at local bars in LA? I'd love to meet all the Dodgers need subscribers. That's from Kermit1. We'll definitely have to work something out. Diane Schroeder has been trying to for years now. But uh, Nando, we got Nando. Uh, 390 Kershaw should play for free. The guy's a liability in October. Nando's been rough on Kersh, man. You've been roasting Kersh. Uh, Mitchell Hopkins, bring back Kershaw for a repeat of 2020. Uh, quick note on that. What happened in 2020? A shortened season. He had a lot left in the tank. Pitched well in the postseason and, most importantly, in the World Series. So it could work out that way with him returning, hopefully, some point towards the end of next summer. But uh, can we have a D-Max signed shoey shoe? <laughs> That's from Mitchell Hopkins. I'll get some uh, off-white reps. And maybe we'll, we'll do something like that. But uh, that is good for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. Let's do some bottom of the ninth. Give me your hottest Dodgers take at the end here. We got uh, Gary Lee. What will be our next hit ritual? That's from Lemon818. So we'll answer that maybe tomorrow. World Series or bust this year? I think not. The core four of the lineup is built for multiple years and is not going anywhere. Mr. Seabad, yeah. For me, it's not World Series or bust. It's World Series in this era or bust. And I agree with you. Give me one. At least one. All I want, one in a parade, this guy, this Dodger fan can die happy man. DMAC, please give away a signed game. Okay, we got more of that. Uh, but that's going to do it. Kershaw will be back. I'd like to meet Diane and DMAC and Dodgers Nation. Okay, so we'll look for, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that at some point, working some out, because I would love to meet uh, you guys as well. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. Like I said, if you haven't yet, 
Do us a huge favor, feed the algorithm gods, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and if you haven't yet, comment done down below so you are eligible for the Shohei Otani number 17 jersey. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. At Mr. Producer Jordan over there on the ones and twos, killing it as usual. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.